Hello and welcome to Where the Margin Ends. I am Kara, I am here with Will, and today we are going to interview two people in a panel discussion about the Lives in Perspective project. Uh, so we are very honored to have with us here today Marina de Recht, a senior researcher of the Lives in Perspective project, which comes from Zatari Camp Jordan, and a cultural anthropologist. We also have with us today Diana Brisley, an artist and activist with field experience in refugee camps in Lebanon. And she, she drew all the amazing drawings for the Lives in Perspective project. So before we dive into this amazing discussion, I'm going to just tell you a little bit about what the project is and where you can find it and, and so forth. Life's Perspective project is extremely beautiful. It's very unique and um, essentially it deals with the lives of Syrian refugees in the Zatari camp in Jordan and it focuses on early marriages among the women there and their own perspectives about about these situations. It also focuses um, as, as a sort of a subtopic if you will on sexual reproduction, um, the, the sexual reproductive health of these women and their, their perspectives. As a definition, early marriage includes cousin marriage, arranged marriage, um, both forms also referred to as traditional marriage, and it also includes large age difference marriages, small age difference marriages, marriages between spouses of the same nationality, and marriages with male spouses with other nationalities, and any, any combination of the above. So what I found interesting was that, personally, I, I got married at about 21, and, um, you know, where I come from, most people get married uh, at about 30, uh, 31, you know, and, and so people looked at me like I had two heads and two, two separate, uh, you know, <laughs> identities and kind of asked me, what? Are you crazy? Why are you getting married now? Um, you know, you have your entire life to get married. And, you know, for me, it was a very personal dis decision and it was a personal decision based on love. Um, I, I really love my partner and this is why I, I chose to marry so young. And um, I think as well, for me, having lived in a culture where you are expected to get married a lot later, it was a sort of a personal challenge to reshape how I wanted to live my life authentically. And and that, this is why I, I, I married early. So for Syrian women, early marriage is, is a cultural norm. And I think it's interesting to understand their perspectives and their, their understandings of it. From research, people have suggested that the reason for early marriage and the reason for the rise in early marriages in Syrian refugee camps is based on body shape and the body reaching a mature stage. Um, this comes in line with the cultural religious idea of sutra, which is the idea that girls are protected from entering premarital sexual relations. And what struck me was that Diana said that, yeah, I mean, like, girls have needs, women have needs, they, they, they want to be with people. And so, like, you know, getting married makes a lot of sense. Um, and then, you know, another reason for this is that uh, girls' expressions of their own willingness to marry and have sexual relations. Uh, you know, not all marriages uh, that happen early are forced or arranged or, you know, against people's will in any way. And I think often in the West, at least, we do have a, 
an understanding of early marriages as child marriages, as marriages that are forced upon others without their consent. And so, yeah, I think this discussion today is really also about the intent um, behind that, the context and the people's actual perspective, because often we, we have our own ideas of what is happening around the world. And I think the most important thing we can do is actually listen to the people who are in these situations, the people who who have their own perspective of life and have their own cultural norms and understand what it is to to live their lives. This also helps us to reframe our own understanding of the norm, our own understanding of how we should we could live authentically. So a little bit more about the Lives in Perspective project. You can find it at livesinperspective.org. It's a website and it's so beautifully curated. I highly recommend checking it out. Every story is represented from by a different character. This one is called Mira and I'm going to read you a little bit about it. Um, and, you know, if you're interested, you can read the rest of the story at livesinperspective.org. So it starts by saying, did you know that I am engaged? You wouldn't know that. You couldn't know that. Your life might look quite different to mine. But this is not about you. This is about me. Do you know Syria is in a war? Probably you know this. I am from Dara in Syria, a region with both city and suburbs. I consider myself pretty street smart. I know how to take care of myself in any environment, although I am often told that I am too confident and that I should perhaps remember my gender. Jordan is not as different as I expected. It smells the same, we speak the same language, even if it can sound a little different. We eat much of the same food. Seeing as there are so many similarities, it confuses me that there is always so much fighting between people. Would you like to come to my wedding? It will be in Irbid, Jordan, sometime in May. I want a spring wedding. I don't want it to be too hot, you see. I, I want it to be warm enough that my skin glows, but not so hot that I'm wiping sweat from my brow constantly during the celebrations. I will have removed all the hair from my body, so there will be nothing to catch the beads of sweat. My groom's name is Ali Tahar. Do you know him? Probably not. I, I am sure he is well known by many and well loved. My family has known his family for many years. My family went to a lot of trouble to bring me to Jordan from Syria and into a marriage with Ali. When you're married, you can become calm. That's what everyone says. You will be taken care of and you have a clear purpose. You can create a family of your own. You can be safer, more secure, especially if your husband has a stable job like my one does. He is 19 and works at a factory and is a good boss. He even has a work permit. You can be more certain of life when you're married. There are many responsibilities, but with good understanding, tafahum, between you and your husband, it's possible to have a happy marriage. A good understanding is very important. I will work hard early on in our marriage to listen to him, but he will also need to listen to me. As I said, you can, you can find the rest of the story at livesinperspective.org. But I do believe that this story really encapsulates the, the perspective of some of these women's lives in, in Syrian refugee camps in Jordan. Um, I think it's very beautiful. I think it, it really gives you a, a greater understanding. And we talk about early marriages and how, although there are negative sides to them, there are negative parts of the, the, this uh, cultural tradition. There is also a lot of good and a lot of um, people with a strong intent and will to get married and 
And in a lot of ways, it creates a lot of security, especially in times of war. Um, we also talk about societal frames, how societal frames can shift during times of war, much like it did in the Second World War, where uh, the women's movement was actually quite empowered um, because women suddenly had more responsibilities than they usually did without the men in the country. And how this generated a, a willingness to continue living that way and continue taking on more responsibilities around them. We talk about our understanding of the norm, reframing our understanding of the norm, and how when we look at different people in different lives and, and their different perspectives on the world, how this can shape our own understanding of how we want to live our life, how we want to live it authentically, and how we can, how everyone has their own freedom to do this. So yeah, I am very, very happy to introduce you to Marina de Recht and Diala Brisley, two amazing people with such amazing work. And I really hope that you enjoy this podcast and please do let us know what you think. So sorry, just regarding the video. So we, we've kind of been contemplating maybe releasing them on YouTube, just the chats via Zoom and because we can record the video. So obviously we don't have to, but if, if you were both okay with that, it might reach a couple more people and it's up to yourselves really. Then I, because then I take my this off. It's beautiful. <laughs> Good. But then I will be cold I will be colder. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh yeah. yeah, I'm the same. <laughs> yeah, I think the best is just to be comfortable, okay. you know, <laughs> in whatever exactly. you Exactly. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So um Okay. Best is to be comfortable. Then I put it on again. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Sorry, lots of things to think of. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no. Oh, shoot. Sorry. <laughs> I put a very nice uh, look. Oh, it's beautiful. Very yeah, lovely. colorful uh, dress. <laughs> nice. No, but nobody sees it. <laughs> At some point, you could stand up and yeah, then twirl around. Could, and, uh, exactly. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> So I suppose we'll just... Okay, we're we'll gonna, just... okay, sorry, we have to be serious now. Oh, yes. Try <laughs> <laughs> it. Yeah. This is not lipstick, eh? this is just because it's very cold here and I'm... Yeah, uh, oh yeah. Now we have the same here, so... Fantastic. Okay, sorry to waste time. No, no, not at all. That's no, perfect. No, take your time, it's no problem. It's important to be comfortable and sort of ready. So, Definitely, yeah. we have our we have our coffee. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great. So I suppose we'll just uh, launch right into it yeah. then. And um, yeah, so we've had a conversation before, and uh, you know we we discussed some really interesting topics. So when I was thinking about the podcast today, I sort of framed it around the conversation that we had um, in that in that regard. Um, but Diana, could you tell us a little bit about your experience as an artist and activist? Yeah, like uh, when I first uh, started my career as an artist, uh, it, it was like uh, really limited with uh, um, cartoon channel for kids. Okay. Uh, and then uh, I started like doing uh, freelancing uh, uh, projects like uh, illustration and comics. But it was mm -hmm. still limited because in Syria it's really hard to use uh, this kind of material or any kind of material uh, to express uh, any public topic or uh, mm -hmm. uh, politics or uh, uh, 
uh, social troubles. Uh, mm. So uh, when the revolution started in 2011, uh, it was. Uh, opportunity for me to, to start uh, political art uh, to support uh, the, the cause that we believe in. Okay. But because we didn't have this uh, um, experience and the culture of using uh, uh, any kind of material to, to express uh, uh, different things, so I didn't believe in it in the beginning. Mm. So I started doing... Uh, uh, like uh, getting involved in my art in 2012, not in 2012. 2012. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay, that's really interesting. Yeah. And um, yeah. you you got involved in the Lives and Perspective project uh, where, you, where you created artwork for that. Um, Marina and, and Diala, could you tell us a little bit about like how your, yeah. how your lives intersected? Um, also, Marina, like what your journey is in, in this regard? Marina, you talk about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, well, I'm an anthropologist and I've been working on, uh, well, what, what is called the Arab world for, uh, for a long time, first okay. on Morocco, and then I worked for a long time in Yemen. Wow. Uh, and the last research project I did was in Jordan with Syrian refugees. Yeah. And uh, the topic is, uh, yeah, is early marriages or also called child marriages mm. and there's a lot of like yeah say media attention for it and also human yeah. rights organizations and humanitarian organizations focus on early marriages of syrian yeah refugees and mainly girls of course sure. uh, are and and when we finished that research project it was a big research project in in jordan and it covered it was it ran for two years uh, we decided we wanted to do something different with mm. the, all the data that we had collected yeah. uh, and, and in particular kind of show another perspective on early marriage or child marriage and the other perspective is to see this phenomenon not as something that they do or that people Mm. refugees or people in countries non-western countries or developing countries do but really trying to give more an inside perspective of what is at stake yeah and yes. uh, then we decided to work with with uh, with stories and make a website with drawings or art yeah and uh well Diala and me, we have a, a well, friend or somebody we know in common who, 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 knows, who know, knew Diala's work. Yes. And uh, he, ma he made an exhibition of uh, well, drawings by uh, Syrian cartoonists mm -hmm. and also a book. And in that book, I, I saw Diala's work. And uh, so that's how we, we got yeah, connected. Wonderful. Amazing. Okay. Yeah, I, I, what really struck me about your website, I think it's, you, you said it was new, um, it's relatively new, and um, like, it's just amazing, it's, it's really like walking into a museum. It is, um, really You is. know, you, you sort of, you, you go onto the webpage and then there's all these drawings and like all these, um, these stories attached to it, and it's, it's really, really like interesting. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, for me, what really struck me was um, the... The, the quote at the, the start. Um, so we use our unique perspectives, experiences and prior knowledge to understand the world around us. How would it be if we looked again, this time from the perspective of someone else? 
It's really, really beautiful. And that's the impression I get when I go on the website as well. I can actually feel their stories coming through, which is amazing. Yeah, so like, yeah, we we thought like it's really, really unique because, yeah, as you said, there's there's a lot of um, traction in the media about early marriages Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, about about the entire situation. But very rarely do we actually get an inside perspective into, you know, their actual lives and like, yeah, as you said, Mm -hmm. lives and perspectives. So. Yeah, that was that was really awesome. Um, as someone who is almost like a fourth nation kid, um, you know, I've I've lived in South Africa. I was born there. I was raised in Ireland. My mother is German. Now we're living in Belgium. Um, I've always been very very interested in culture because for me, I never felt like I was attached to a specific culture um, in in certain ways. Mm. And um, so I looked at the definition of culture, especially for this podcast as well, because I kind of thought it's interesting when you're looking at uh, different cultures and almost comparing them a little bit and, and trying to really understand how people live their lives in, in different parts of the world. And the definition I came across was that culture is the arts, beliefs, customs, institutions and other products of human work and thought considered as a unit, especially with regard to a particular time or social group. And um, yeah, I, I kind of, I was thinking about it. And then I was thinking about a, a podcast that we did before on implicit bias with Robin Hauser. And I, what really struck me about it was that she sort of explained implicit bias as something that is either innate or learned. And that the innate bias that we hold often has um, uh, like originated as an evolutionary purpose, essentially. So, you know, you you see a tiger and you know your innate bias says mm, you should be kind of scared right now and maybe run away you know um, and that's that's sort of that's helpful but we also have this innate bias that categorizes uh people into in groups and out groups and you know as helpful as that may have been when you know you were facing a tribe and you didn't know what to expect we don't really have a need for that as much or i would argue as much today and well, um, globalist yeah and so it sort of it can create quite a sort of in-group out-group idea of like cultures or different customs or races or orientations or religions and and so forth and um yeah i i think i remember when we were we were talking before marina that you sort of said that you know there's a general consensus that each social social group has a different culture and different customs um but that you know we also share very similar perspectives as human beings and i thought that could be a really interesting idea to sort of delve into a little bit when we focus on culture do you think that we should be focusing on the differences between our cultures or embracing the similarities. So it's in, it's a, yeah, it's a, well, maybe the website already says it. And, and I think that comes also from, I mean, that I believe that we should focus more on similarities, mm. but we shouldn't, of course, deny that there are cultural differences. And I think it's really, I'm, well, I'm a trained as cultural anthropologist. That's mm. what it's called. We study culture. Yeah. But in fact, we, as anthropologists, we always say we have the most problematic relationship with culture than anyone else. Okay. Because in fact, we really, although previously anthropologists were studying different tribes, cultures, far away, uh, we more and more uh, began to understand that there's no kind of yeah, 
fixed entity that yeah. is a culture mm. because people in societies even like in Syria or in, 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 in the Netherlands or wherever you are is people are very diverse on all kinds of other grounds class uh, uh, gender yes. uh, uh, well all kind of ethnic divisions within uh, within nations but also within so yeah if and culture is all we say culture is always being made it is always in the process of being made mm -hmm. and and there are subcultures there are people that share things regardless of where they come from um but so yeah i believe that talking about cultures like syrian culture or dutch culture is not uh what is it productive yes. yeah and 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 it makes it very often it it uh, emphasizes this uh we and they uh, idea and which in the especially in the case of war and conflict or poverty yeah uh, puts us, us puts us away from each other instead mm. of like see each other as yes. yeah being human yeah and and yeah absolutely yeah, and, and so also in anthropology i'm very much inspired by uh, the anthropologist laila abulurot and she she says we should write against culture and we should not look so much at the differences but much more at the similarities okay. and i think that also inspired lives in in perspective to to understand each other yeah to wonderful yeah absolutely i mean i think that's a really really important message because yeah essentially like we we are humans and we all share very similar uh, ways of living life but yeah as you said you can't ignore that there are differences but yeah it's it's also important to embrace the similarities between each other yeah. and i think that yeah the lives and perspective project really really brings that across um like i remember even when i was you know watching the news and you'd you'd watch all these like things happening around the world you'd sort of you watch them and you think, oh, that's really terrible. But you feel as if you're helpless. You feel as if there's nothing you could do. And um, I think when we kind of, yeah, stop stop viewing things as like, you know, us and they, yeah. it brings us together as, as people and, you it know. It really comes through in the project. With yeah. It's, it's their stories that we're trying, we're trying to understand, but not through our own labels, rather than instead, like with Jaya's art, be taking their stories and then creating something with them that, they feel represents the absolutely Diella do you what how, how what do you think about yeah. this <laughs> no, I think it's really also special about life in perspective that it's, uh, there is like first it's it's more in the personal level mm. and yes. it's not like a statistic uh, study or something uh, there is monologue and it's this monologue uh, makes it even closer uh, to anyone to read even if we don't yes. have the same experiences or the same environment uh, like for me when i was like reading some of the stories uh, uh, to work on them uh, i got the, the, the same frustration i i put myself in, in the same place of uh, like a, a woman in some kind of uh, experience so uh, this monologue that anyone could could have so i think this is like what make it like makes it really uh, uh, different than uh, other uh, uh, ways of uh, presenting this kind of uh, subjects. Mm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. yeah. Could you tell us? Not like from from the because when I worked uh, in in Lebanese uh, uh, 
in a Syrian refugee camps in Lebanon. Mm -hmm. uh, I saw like how organizations they come uh, out of nowhere uh, uh, in the middle of the refugee camp to work with the. No, I'm not saying uh, like every organization does this, but a lot of uh, the organizations mm -hmm. they come in uh, like out of nowhere with uh, uh, like uh, uh, already uh, a stereotype of the, yeah. the situation, and uh, they immediately have. Uh, uh, like the program that you want to work on without be getting really involved in it it's just sure. like what what they think it is the situation what they think it is the, the problem sure uh, for example uh, once uh, we we were uh, we wanted to do uh, uh, with some organization uh, we wanted to do an uh, art uh, workshop uh, mural art workshop okay uh, and it's it was like for uh, women uh, in the refugee camp, and uh, when I started, uh, the women came and they said, "We don't want to do it uh, alone. We wanna, we wanna do it with our lovers. I, yeah. I love my husband, and you, you always separate us like, like we. I, I'm not a victim with my, with my husband, for example. Yeah. yeah. So they did like kind of strike. They don't want to do this uh, without their uh, husbands. Uh, so. Uh, we went back to the uh, organizers and uh, I told them like they really prefer if they do something together at, at, for once and uh, in the end we did it all together mm. because there's mostly projects for women and uh, uh, kids but nothing for, for men yeah. and uh, I think the idea of doing something for, for the family wise or like couple wise it's, it's even uh, it, it gets it stronger, it, it uh, fills yeah. the gaps. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, it's, it's so important to also not exclude people. Um, like, I, I, I do think often we hear these sort of uh, ideas of women's empowerment and uh, gender inequality and, you know, and like we were even talking about this the other day that, you know, it, it's, it's great to address certain inequalities or to address, um, you know, to, to help people feel empowered. But if you're only looking at uh, one group of people and almost ignoring the other group, um, it could actually create greater divides and, uh, you know, fuel the problem rather than like, yeah, uh, aid it. Um, and I was wondering, do you, do you think that, yeah, by addressing gender inequality just in, in one group of people or by addressing the needs of one group of people, you actually create greater harm than, than good in a way? Um, yeah, because like especially in this situation, if we are talking just about the refugees' life, everyone is traumatized. Mm. Yes. So, so like, uh, and it's really important to keep remembering that men they have feelings, but and when 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 some uh, organizations or initiatives they come with an approach that doesn't include them, it, it doesn't like it, it. It makes it even harder when they go back. Yeah, and it's just a tent. To have this gap between each other. Yes, yeah. I don't ignore that uh, there is uh, this fact that, of course, uh, women they they need uh, more uh, attention uh, and uh, support. It's, yes. it's a different issue, but like this uh, ignoring uh, and like not understanding the situation from inside, uh, uh, it makes it harder. Like um, yeah, like. Mm. like in life, in perspective, you see different cases. You see uh, there is love stories, there is the frustration, there is uh, uh, 
like um, difficulties with uh, with the gender, mm. but uh, it's all from inside. Yeah, that's why that's actually wonderful. I was attracted to this project. Well. Yeah, yeah, yes. absolutely, and and you understand it from like yeah these people's actual perspective. Like you know, I, if I were to to be sort of in a situation similar, I I would also want to be heard and to be listened to yes. and. Um, I, I do feel like, you know, even I was studying public health and and I remember feeling like there was a real us and them situation going on. We were looking at socioeconomic inequalities, um, but instead of sort of talking about it in a way that uh, we, we could talk about it as if like, you know, everyone has maybe experienced certain socioeconomic inequalities or coming from a place of understanding or from listening, it felt very much like we were looking at these people who who, who experience yeah who experience socioeconomic difficulties yes. and um, and sort of trying to understand it from from a very dislodged perspective yeah and I think that doesn't help the situation very much at all and mm -hmm. yeah I do think that there's there's a problem there that like you know not not always but quite often Western organizations do sometimes push their agendas yeah. onto particular countries and particular people who they feel need help and particular groups of people um, and yeah I yeah I think from what I understand as well to kind of tie what you said together a little bit it seems if I'm understanding correctly you have these organizations coming in they already have certain preconceptions sometimes as well with with regard to the women and their children but then on top of that, they don't engage with the husbands or they don't engage with the men, which creates its own problems. But on top of it, maybe it feeds into those stereotypes and yes. preconceptions even more because the people going out and studying them very often don't even have an interaction with those husbands. So um, you're only taking it. And it's also hard to observe it in a kind of naturalistic way then because you're just seeing the women separate to their families, which isn't really how day-to-day -day life is, I imagine. No, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, it also, like when you were speaking Diala, it made me think of uh, you know this this some it, it's quite a common prejudice to believe that men can deal with their emotions alone you know and yeah. they don't they don't need help because they they're not emotion as emotional maybe as women or yeah. like there is this prejudice there so Definitely. yeah by only helping the woman it almost fuels that prejudice that we already have in in society Definitely. Um, would you would you agree? Actually, I worked with the kids a lot, and uh, I hear from kids like I I heard my father crying in the tent mm. uh, because you know there is, the wall it's just a a sheet so uh, yeah. there is no privacy so uh, yeah you you know that's why I try to include sometimes uh, in my drawings like uh, men crying yeah. and. Uh, it's, you know the surprising thing when once I was uh, I wanted to, to draw uh, a sad uh, man so sometimes I try to search for a reference on Google or whatever mm -hmm. uh, yeah. it's, it's really it makes it easier for me uh, to have a reference when uh, when I draw and it's unbelievable like uh, if you say a sad person it's just woman if you say sad man it's a man who is angry yes it, it was so. I in the end, I tried. I I had to do uh, the po the position uh, on the mirror, but I I like I put it on, on a man in the end because I couldn't find a man who was sad. Yeah, sad man is always like angry man. Yeah, and it was what? <laughs> it's unbelievable. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, it's funny. I had that exact experience the other day because I, you know, I like to draw sometimes. And mm-hmm. like, I was looking for like, you know, a, a sad man on the internet and there was like, there was nothing, you know, they, yeah, they have this sort of angry face, you know, the, the stern sort of look, uh, frowning yeah, exactly. into the camera, you know, and, and that's it. And you kind of think, surely men cry sometimes. In a manly way, not in a manly way. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And I mean, that really... I saw, I saw men crying before they don't cry like this. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. I mean, they cry just as much as women cry in, in very similar ways. But yeah, I mean, that, that really leads us into an entire huge topic of sort of bias in, in AI and bias in, in, in computer systems as well. Because yeah. I mean... Uh, you know, there's there's a lot. We have our own sort of societal biases being wrapped into tech because of the bias of the people who are programming it, or or just ourselves who create content as well, right? So yeah. it's also really great that you're creating that content which shows a different perspective, and then it's something out there on the internet that's real as well and that's representative. Yeah. So Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what I really really liked about your website was this idea of like looking at it from someone else's perspective and. Uh, you know, for, for us at Where the Margin Ends, we rarely do look at, you know, the idea of the norm at uh, gender, gender norms and, um, you know, boundaries in society that we, we don't always address. And often, you know, if, if someone says something that you maybe disagree with, you kind of, you, you might like flick it off and think, ah, oh, yeah, but, you know, and, and then just go on with your normal daily life. But I think it's, it's really healthy when we do address our understanding of the norm and our understanding of the culture that we live in. Um, and yeah, I, I was sort of thinking um, when we were talking the other day, we sort of did address this idea of like the norm in society. Um, and yeah, I, I, I kind of, it really struck me th- that you, we were sort of saying that, you know, like there are these pressures um, in, in Syria and in, in refugee camps, but also in the West where we, feel that we have to get married early or, or late in, in some cultures and that we should have children and, you know, get pregnant and all of these, yeah, especially for women. And um, yeah, I was wondering in, in the Lives and Perspective project, did you see similar pressures? Um, yeah, so of course, I mean, um, we d- well we did the, so we did research with a, in yeah. fact a, well I, not a big team but a big team of Jordanian researchers Jordanian master students but also Syrian women mm. and, th- and also one of them was married early at her when she was fourteen and her husband now I think yeah and her husband a few years older mm. and she was also. I mean, that is why I think the project itself, not only the website, but everything we did before was also quite unique because we really tried to understand everybody was analyzing the data and discussing it from their own perspectives, but really trying to find, well, common ground in in the data that we saw and and giving their different perspectives. Because I also believe every researcher there, we are not objective researchers. We come with our own perspective to a research. Yeah, exactly. And if an yeah. early married woman looks at the same data, she, she brings out or she takes out other issues that really are remarkable for her, mm-hmm. yes. maybe mm-hmm. not for me. Yeah. And I think um, uh, uh, yeah, well, sorry, I've, what's your question? Um, yeah, so 
Do you think that there's like similar pressures? Um, did you? Did you? Yeah, yeah. of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that what we found also. I mean, we are not saying okay, uh, let's, uh, uh, well, these early marriages are good or something, or yeah, they should continue or whatever. We don't have any judgment on that. No. But we want to show the diversity of it. That are very diverse cases. But what struck us also is that a lot of young women, young girls, not 14 year old, but maybe 15, 16, they really start to think about marriage. They start to think about romance, they fall in love, and yeah. of, or, or they, they look forward to having a relationship or look forward to having their own family. Yeah. And uh, there's a big, I think, a difference between marrying at an early age and being forced to marry. Yeah. And there are lots of people, they think that's the same. Well, there are also forced marriages. And of course, the forced marriages are often not, well, you cannot... Well, they, they, they include lots of like problems and, and also uh, uh, have lots of negative consequences, yeah. both yeah. for the boy and the, and, oh, the man and the woman. Mm. But uh, there are also many girls that really long to get married yeah. or they say, well, you know, this is how it is. Mm. It is a, very much a norm yes. to get married at 16, 17 and if you met, if you're 20 or 25 and you're not yet married then that's a problem um and i think that also in our society we have similar pressures but not Absolutely. to get married but then to have a boyfriend for example oh, or if yeah. you're like 20 and you they haven't slept with somebody yet then you're like awkward like okay mm-hmm. how how come what's wrong with you yeah. Yeah. i mean there are also lots of norms about sexuality oh absolutely uh, I, yeah, I think the difference is maybe indeed the force. Yeah. The, but also what we found in our research is that a lot of young women that got married early, uh, well, they would have liked to continue schooling or they sometimes okay. said, like, I, I preferred that I would have married a bit later. So there is regret. Okay. And, uh, so I also think that what humanitarian organizations are doing, it's not that they come out of the blue with with ideas. Of course, there have been studies also yes. of the negative consequences of early marriages yes. uh, for for women's well development, empowerment, etc. Yeah. Um, but I think the the methods they use are often yeah a bit too much focused on these yeah and not seeing it. Yeah, in the context in which it takes place and, yeah. and really uh, trying to understand it from within oh, and also mm-hmm. trying to understand that it is difficult to change. Well, you could call this the cultural norms and, and practices. Yes. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I suppose yeah. it's all about the intent as well. Um, you yeah. know, the intent of the, the person behind it, whether they want to be married, whether they, they want to continue their education or not. <laughs> And um, yeah, while you were talking, it, it really str- rung true for me as well. Uh, I mean, like when I was when I was younger, I was about 13 years old and we were in our secondary school and there were these, uh, you know, I, w- I was friends with these uh, three girls and the topic of marriage came up and, you know, I had, I had never really thought about it before. My parents are both, uh, they were never married to each other. Um, they got separated. So my entire worldview really wasn't, 
you know, I'd never, it just didn't come up for me. And they sort of looked at me and they were like, what, Cara? It's every girl's dream to get married. Like, why, why haven't you thought about this? You know, like, haven't you thought about like the wedding you're going to have? Haven't you thought about like all of these, like, you know, planning and arrangement sure. things to, to do? And like, I think it's, it's really, it's really interesting that like, as much as it might be normal there to get married, and, and maybe it's a little bit normal here to get married a little bit later, but there's still these these pressures in society for us to, you know, especially as women, perhaps, get married and have children and, you know, yeah, live out that sort of... Age, really. Yeah, at such a young age. Message. And and have, yeah, have that sort of cultural narrative that, that a lot of people do. Yeah. And um, what struck me, Marina, is that you were saying that, um, yeah, sometimes stepping out of your own cultural perspective and traveling can actually help you to sort of understand your own perceptions of the norm and understand what the normative is in different cultures and societies. Um, so I was wondering, has that helped you to remain true to, to your own life in any way? Yeah, so in my case, I was, uh, in fact, I, the, I, I, I followed the norm, I mean, in, in, in Dutch society, when I was 20, I had my, uh, well, first serious boyfriend and I started to live with him and yeah. he wanted kids, etc. And then I saw, I was still studying and then I saw a vacancy for a, a, an, uh, a job in Yemen mm -hmm. and I applied for it. And then he said uh, he wanted to join. And then I said, no, I really want to go alone and I have to mm -hmm. do this first. Interesting. So sure. we broke up. And then, in fact, in Yemen, I met so many yeah, remarkable people, also non-Yemenis, other foreigners that were working there, women yeah. that had been single for a long time or that were traveling the world, that were having very adventurous lives in my perspective. Yeah. And in fact, I thought really traveling and living also abroad Mm -hmm. Yeah, brought me in touch with people, also Yemenis, of course, mm. that were living their lives very differently than I was living my life in the Netherlands. Yeah. And I think that gave me the power to continue the path that I wanted to live yeah. and, and really follow my heart and do what I That's wanted wonderful. to live, so uh, to do in my life. Um, and I know that in, 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 yeah, in, in comparison to friends that stayed here in the Netherlands, most of them didn't get married, but they mm -hmm. did get children, and yeah, they have very different uh, yeah lives than I have. Mm. And uh, I think exposure to other yeah well cultures, but especially to other people, yeah, uh, and and really open, and it can also be in your own society, mm. but go out of your bubble of people yes. that live life the same way as you live it. Try to meet people with a migrant background, try to meet people with a refugee background, try to meet yes. people international. But even you see that in, the, in Yemen, even the expatriates there often stay together, you know? Yeah. You yeah. saw that some people just, yes, what is it, uh, stuck together. And while others really got in, to touch with Yemenis and made real friendships. Some mm. people say to me, you think your Yemeni friends are 
real friends like your Dutch friends? I say, yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah but uh, it's different with them, isn't it? No, sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's different. But there's also, I mean, there are also women that I love as much as I love my, my, my Dutch friends or my oh, whatever, different. American friends or whatever. Yeah. So I really think you have to cross the border and go over also your comfort zone mm. and try to meet people that don't live the life you live and 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 it will make you much richer i think oh definitely 100 mm-hmm. percent. yeah i mean that's that's amazing advice um mm-hmm. because like i i really i really agree i think sometimes when you're when you're in the same place you were born in, you lived there your entire life, you can often like feel like you're on these train tracks, you know, towards this like narrative that everyone else is living, you know, you're going to college, you're yeah. sort of meeting someone, you're probably dating them for a while, and then, you know, there's this whole idea of kids, and, you know, yeah, you kind of, you go down this entire like road, and, it's you know, it's for you culturally, really. oh, absolutely, yeah. and like, mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you never know when you're going to be like, hang on, is this what I really want, you know? That's true. Um, so like, yeah, really being aware of that and bringing awareness to how you want to live your life really, truly and as well. And it's scary, I think, yeah. Yeah. I, I think it is. it always needs courage and it needs, it's scary and Definitely. to get out of that bubble and to, or out of your comfort, comfort zone. zone. Yeah. Of course, for, huh? Uh, the, comfort, the comfort zone, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is not easy, but it brings you a lot. And uh, what we also noticed in our team in Jordan, just working together with all these different women, and there was also there were two men involved, mm. uh, but especially the women, it, it was so enriching for all of us. Yeah. And the Syrian women that were involved as researchers, we didn't call them research assistants or data collectors. They were researchers like us. Yes. We were all there together and we we were yeah we were all equal and and we all listened and learned from each other and that is i think something we really really we really need i mean yeah and that knowledge also we wanted to bring forward that knowledge that we all have different types of knowledge and we produce different type of knowledge by valuing the perspectives of people that maybe didn't have an academic training, yeah. but they have bring their own experiential knowledge or other kind of knowledge to a project yeah. and, and value that. And then the exchange of these different perspectives in, in a research leads to new knowledge production. Yeah. And, and it's not the knowledge that academics always produce. Yeah. It's, a, it's also... I think it's also academic knowledge, but of course it's not based on literature, etc. But it brings knowledge that we we need, yeah, desperately. I think it is. It's oh, hundred percent. I mean, I think that really that that reminds me of like we also there is also norms in like institutions and there's norms in university, um, and there's pro there's like particular ways that like we we frame questions and we we try to understand people's perspectives and to actually uh, go out there and also value people without that academic training is absolutely as important because you know you you're also getting a, a different idea of the norm and a different idea of like thinking and a, a different way of thinking um yeah, it's yes. kind of the, the academic equivalent of that travel idea where you have the expatriates who stick together and don't really engross themselves in the culture and then you have the ones which actually create 
relationships there and learn it and embrace those perspectives as, as new ones. So, of course, there's so much more to bring back from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. No, that's, that's, yeah. that's fascinating. And I think, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. Um, Diana, you mentioned um, that cultural pressures vary from person to person based on individual experiences as well. Um, you said like for yourself, you, you, you experience different, um, uh, you know, you, you said that like other people like may have experienced uh, sim like pressures um, for early marriages and, and so forth. But, you know, for yourself, you kind of didn't experience that as much um, and that it does vary from person to person. Um, would you would you say that's true? Yes, actually, uh, definitely uh, like there is um, like uh, Marina said, uh, people are di diverse in, in the same country. Uh, there is a society frame. It, it's it's really a, a change uh, f from a perspective to another. Mm. Uh, for example, my family they were not conservative, uh, but in the end, I'm in this society frame. So it's like not really uh, easy to uh, to move uh, with your beliefs around uh, and uh, like uh, with no questioning from uh, from the society. Yeah. So uh, yes, I, I had my own life, I had my own freedom, but it was uh, also uh, there, there was difficulties because like for example when I, when I used to go out uh, late, uh, most of my friends uh, they were boys because uh, girls they don't go out late. Mm. So, uh, but I didn't have the, the same uh, limits, but I was in the same uh, society frame, yes. uh, like we say. So uh, of course uh, it, it affects, but uh, that this makes uh, people they are more in tribes. Like for example, we were uh, me and my friends, artists and musicians. We had our own tribe. We, uh, yeah. we had our own traditions. We mm. had our own life. So it, it made it different than the others. And and when it's like uh, when we meet other people, we feel like oh we feel like we we were kind of. Uh, Isolated in a way, but yeah. uh, it, it was like this in Damascus. Like for, for example, the theater people, they have their own life, and they, uh, there is rumors around them. And uh, mm. uh, yeah, each uh, each group, uh, yeah, they have uh, different uh, kind of traditions. You can say interesting. That it's made like like Marina said, culture is made by people. So we made our own culture. Maybe mm. uh, maybe the artist. Uh, generation before us they had different life as well yeah. as I know from my my parents uh, that uh, in Damascus were, was uh, uh, socially was more open in their time mm. for example it okay. became more conservative in our time and it, mm. it, it, the changes is go it, it doesn't go in one direction changes no. goes up and down and uh, like uh, uh, maybe right left but it's not one one direction no absolutely yeah, like uh, for example, uh, you see uh, Afghanistan today. It's very different than before. So, so okay. yeah, uh, surprisingly, in, in, in my parents' time, it was more more open than our time. Wow, that's yeah. interesting. You were saying that, like you know, you 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 have like a, you had your own sort of artist and musician tribe in, in a way. Do you think that art and music can uh, help you to reframe your understanding of the norm? In, in your own society 
or in society as a whole? Uh, first, uh, to do art and music and all that, that, it's, uh, that includes uh, creativity, mm. it needs freedom. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, yeah, you can't have it in a, in a specific environment and there's a lot of like uh, barriers. You need this uh, freedom and mm. uh, it, it's, uh, it puts you in a, like a, in, in a bubble in a way, but also uh, you, you try to understand the, the other part of the society in, in your own way. You, it's just like in Syria, we had this difficulty of free expression, like we didn't have it. Yeah. So our art was also like very personal mm, before yes. that. It really changed a lot after the revolution, everything. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Mm. yeah it, it, Even like, like my art before the revolution, it's so, so different than my art after the revolution. This is for sure. Tell us about that. What what changed in your art with that? Like uh, in many in many perspectives, like uh, for example, uh, even the, the style. Because uh, uh, unfortunately, in Syria, when people they uh, like they practice art or something, they have uh, like a specific uh, norm on how to do art, and they think, oh, you, you can't do something uh, else because uh, mostly it, it's coming uh, also the culture is coming from Russia okay and, uh, Russia is based on the uh, like uh, it's a realistic style so uh, uh, it's really hard to go out of, of this mm. uh, and also uh, because of the topics that you bring it by art uh, this is another level. Uh, it's not allowed to talk about many, many things. Uh, they yeah. say it's it's a triangle. It's, it's um, uh, politics, religion, and sex. You can't touch them in any uh, kind of like material, like art, uh, music, mm. or uh, writing. Uh, but also in between, it's a big range. Uh, there is many uh, uh, topics uh, about society. It's uh, untouchable, like. Uh, uh, this is how uh, we are used to live. We can't change this, yeah. no, no, no. So it became like more uh, limited uh, between us. We have to talk about something that people they can agree on. Mm. So in uh, uh, in the revolution, first of first thing I I changed uh, is my style okay. yeah. because uh, it, it was it, it came from a pain. It didn't come from. Uh, uh, I, I, I didn't go out to impress anyone. I, I wanted to express really my own feelings and my own my own pain, and I just uh, put it like this uh, mm. in, in this internet, social media, and uh, yeah. Actually, this this freedom I didn't know that it will take me somewhere else. Uh, mm. So people yeah. they started telling me, oh yeah, like. Style we we never saw this before, uh, so I I felt like I'm, I'm setting myself free in this in this way mm. because I don't really care about impressing anyone. It's just mm. the message. Yeah. So yeah, even like if the, the, there is this kind of uh, rea realistic school, uh, uh, whatever thing, it's like they are people they are used to it. Uh, you can go out of it when when you have a, a specific uh, topic you want to talk about, and also like uh, uh, there is 
because it's we have this action uh, uh, to to support uh, the revolution. So we started talking, like not just by art, by by anything else, by yeah. journalism. We started talking about uh, many different topics. It, it, it didn't become uh, limited anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, but it started with the, with politics, and now for me. And for many artists, we want to talk about even society because we are now, especially people in exile, we are now out of the, the society frame. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's that's really mm -hmm. wow. Okay, so like, I mean, you you mentioned before that you you've sort of noticed as well that now that you're sort of out of the society frame, that there's there's less sort of pressure that um, that war almost changes the societal frame for for people and. I was wondering, has it, has it, how has it changed in Syria? Um, how has it changed for, for refugees in that way? Uh, it depends uh, because the refugees they have really different uh, different lives. Like there mm. is the refugees in the refugee camps, which is like the society mm. is much smaller. There is the refugees in Europe, which is the society is more individual. Of I mean, refugee society like us as Syrian in, in Europe. I I am individual here. I don't belong belong yes. to a community. Yeah. Uh, I have. I, I don't have like narration I have to follow, so uh, I'm just by my own. It's mm. different than uh, uh, like when people they are in a specific community, uh, like in, in a refugee camp. It's very small, like it's like yes. kind of small uh, uh, village. Uh, people uh, they talk, and so you still you are inside. The, the frame get got smaller yeah. in some cases and got bigger and almost no frame. For mm. example, in my case, yeah, like I live in a city, I I know no Syrian here, mm. uh, I, and also in the city where I live, it's like uh, there is we we have our own tribe. It's like this again, the artist tribe, but we are from international. Yeah, yeah, sure. So sure. we don't have to follow anything. Like a few days ago, we were celebrating uh, a Chinese New Year. So it's like yeah. it's really diverse in, in many ways. I I found it very beautiful. Yeah. Because they asked us, for example, in in Europe to have integration course, mm. and it was like I I don't know if I was really integrated in Syria. What, what does yeah. it even mean? Mm. Um, like for example, uh, now my boyfriend, uh, uh, we have uh, the same, uh, uh, almost the same age, so we we have more experiences in common yeah. than him and his brother. Wow! <laughs> yeah. Because it's 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 based on the cartoon we used to watch. Uh, we had the same cartoon. Yeah. Uh, based on like uh, video games <laughs> that we used to play. <laughs> we used to go to because now uh, people they play video games online, and but before we used to go to uh, uh, network shops uh, to to play uh, Counter Strike or whatever. But it was <laughs> exactly the same in France and in Syria. Mm. So we have uh, more similar experiences than someone who lived in the same place, in the same house. I can really yeah. understand that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, here, for example, like we've I lived in Ireland in my whole life, and I grew up there in a very small very very small area so i really related to so much of what you said as well um and then now i'm living in belgium which obviously is, is nothing like the distance that you've traveled to to be um over here but in terms of just getting outside of your original culture you also see where you were and where you weren't kind of integrated and um 
I agree. There's something an international group doesn't always almost need integration. There's like mm. there's a there's a kind of a freedom that just comes with it, and you integrate into each other's lives on kind of a non-nationalistic level or something. Which is it's the first time I've ever had it over here actually the last last while, and it's it's really amazing because as you said, you're celebrating. You know, Portuguese festival one week, and then there's a uh, an African festival the next week, and um, yeah, obviously with coronavirus you can't do as much of that at the moment, but it's it's really wonderful. You you share in each other's lives. Yeah, yeah. And it really brings us back to this understanding of like, you know, we we have more in common than sometimes yeah, we, we so think much. we have. You know, exactly. Um, and you always yeah, you meet someone from a different country, and there's just so much in common, especially if you're the same age or something, or. Um, or even if it's a music taste or something, it can be any age, any yeah. any cultures. It's wonderful. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, so for anyone who's listening and mm. and doesn't know, you know, where to find lives in perspective, um, uh, where where can you find it? How 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 can you learn more about it? <laughs> um. Well, it's online. It's a well, it's a website. Okay. So. Uh, yeah, so it's a website, and it's also, I have to say, it's a website that started from the Jordan Project, mm. but I really, or we really intend to add more stories also from other parts of the world, and oh, mainly amazing. focusing on, on this conflict-ridden parts, and parts that people think, oh, there's so many problems there, or or really, yeah, the, the, the there's, yeah, little, yeah, I think little understanding, or maybe little understanding of the commonalities of of, of yeah people's lives mm. uh, so you can find it online though yeah it's uh, livesinperspective.org okay uh, and uh you can also read about our research project there you can read about Perfect. diala you yes. can see the the drawings and the, the the fictive stories so we have fictive stories there uh, because we wanted to protect the privacy of the people we yes. interviewed, of course. and I think it's also a beautiful technique to bring out, bring the yeah this the, the well to to reach the, the the goal we have of of yeah giving this inside perspective and not just reading a life story or a story of a refugee, mm. uh, which is of yeah. course also valuable. Yeah. But we thought the, the yeah fiction can like like art. It's art. It really yeah. can bring across uh, it better. Yeah, oh, absolutely. absolutely. So, if anyone has a, a unique perspective, or a, you know, they've they've grown up in a refugee camp, or have gone through war, or maybe whatever it is, and want to share their story, then can they contact you on livesinperspective.org? dot org and? Uh, well, they can. Yes, yeah. they can. But I think uh, yeah, we would not. Yeah, we will not put just any story of there course, of yes, course. Yeah. but uh it's not of course we i think it will still be research-based yes mm. um so and and what i also wanted to say yeah i think fiction also reading fiction any fiction i think gives me always that different perspective fiction and art yeah. it's art yeah. like a painting it gives this it does something different with yeah. you than when you read a research report Definitely. or an uh, academic mm -hmm. book. Yeah. It's still a bit distant, but art really, yeah, I think it, 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 it has a very different, uh, uh, what is it, um, way of impacting on yeah. people. Yeah, it, it really it puts center. you in the center of the, of, of the life and the, the world yeah. that, that, um, 
that you're focusing on so yeah I, I totally agree it's it's really really amazing how like yeah if you read a book or or you look at a painting how you're suddenly there you know and you're suddenly exactly. in that situation um and how you can really really relate to it um in, in whatever perspective you have so like yeah speaking of which i know we're almost out of time so we don't have to go here yeah oh we, we could talk to. forever to um, you guys honestly like i wish we had more time we'll have to have you on again <laughs> absolutely but there is one no, thank you for having us uh, it was a really nice conversation oh, it was wonderful yeah. to have you and um is there anything you'd like to we always ask our listeners, our, our speakers this, just for our listeners as well. Is there anything, if you had one piece of advice or one observation just going forward that you'd like to share? Is there yeah. anything that comes not, to mind? Not in the future, but today and tomorrow and the next day. Like, what, what would you do? <laughs> like something in general? Yes, um, or yeah. specific. Whatever and and like. <laughs> yeah, something that like, you know, you could do to sort of reframe your understanding of the norm a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like for me, I want to say something like maybe uh, there's many things to say, but uh, but speaking of integration, and I think like uh, like because I it's, I find this word is really problematic. Mm. Uh, it's like it should be one way. Not I I don't like this this fact that person fitting in in a, in a, in two directions. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah I, and I agree. Like okay, uh, I was thinking what kind of advice I would say. Okay, start to read read a novel. I'm, yeah. I always say, tell my students start read literature, read fiction. Mm. But I could also say look at look at uh, at art. But um, I also think talk to your neighbor. You yeah. know, yeah, or, or try to perspectives, that, that person that you think okay, they are different. Just try to invite them for tea and 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 see. Uh, yeah, it's not always a guarantee. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it needs to come from two sides, in, indeed. Yeah. and and I know that a lot of migrants and refugees here in the Netherlands they are extremely lonely and, and our culture is not very uh, inviting my culture or my or Dutch society. Yeah. And when I was in Yemen, I was invited all over yeah. and people, even when you wait for a bus stop, somebody would say, oh, come to my house, uh, have your tea. And of course I know it is because I was a foreigner and, and they like meeting foreigners, but there is also genuine interest in, in the other. Yeah. And that is, we need genuine interest in the other, in, yes. in the other, and, and so that the other becomes one of us. Absolutely, 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. To be honest, I, this is how I started my social life. I came in a, in a hosting society, but what I did is hosting uh, a gathering in my place. I, like, I, I, I came with this uh, kind of culture uh, from home uh, to, to here, and uh, I but I did it in the opposite way, so just to have a social life, I started like a hosting party in my place and looking for people to just meet someone else. Yeah, yeah. So. Oh, absolutely, that's that's amazing advice. Yeah, yeah. Just, just just seeing other people and, and understanding their, their own lives and their own perspectives. That's, yeah. Especially when those perspectives are a little bit different. It's good to read about others and also to, to meet the others. Yes, absolutely. Yeah.
Well, well, thank you so much for, for talking to us. This is a wonderful change just thank like you. that. Thank you. Oh, I'm so honored. Yeah, but we, oh. we were so happy that you found the website. So I hope yeah. many people will find it. 100%. And, uh, yeah. So um, just again, for those who, who are interested, it's livesinperspective.org. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Perfect. Great. Well, we'll see you there. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, I hope you have a wonderful day. And um, yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time. It's such a pleasure. Bye. Bye. <laugh